This is a news update from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Sophie Wagstaff and today I'm going to be talking to Dr Laura Nuttall and Dr Ian Harry from the Institute of Cosmology and Gravitation about their latest research on gravitational waves. If we put all the observations together, the, the, the neutron stars colliding with each other, the black holes colliding with each other, and now neutron stars colliding with black holes, we might be expecting hundreds or thousands of observations every year within the next three or four years. The first thing I'd like to know, Laura, is what are gravitational waves? Yeah, gravitational waves sound really, really weird, but they're utterly wonderful. So gravitational waves are ripples in the fabric of space-time that travel at the speed of light. Now, that sounds like a lot of jumbled up words all shoved together. But basically what it means is that any time that anything moves, they'll produce these ripples and This is a brand new way in which we can actually explore the universe. So up until now, we've been looking at the universe with electromagnetic telescopes, typical telescopes. So we use light, we use x-rays, we use microwaves to understand what the universe is about. But gravitational waves can actually tell us some things that are ever so slightly different. And so they're really nice complementary information. How long have we been detecting gravitational waves for? Is this a relatively new thing? Yeah, that's what makes it really exciting for us. Um, So gravitational waves were first detected back in 2015. So this is a brand new field of astronomy. Ian, I know that we are the university. So you and Laura in particular are currently involved in some new research that's due to be launched. And I just wondered if you could tell me a bit more, Ian, about what that research has found and what our involvement as a university has been. Okay, so the announcement that you will hear is the discovery of two neutron star black hole collisions. That means objects in the very distant universe where we've observed a neutron star colliding with a black hole. Uh, Both of these objects are really extreme, some of the most interesting and extreme objects that exist in the universe. Uh, Both neutron stars and black holes are formed from very heavy stars, say 40, 50, 60 times the mass of our sun. Um, At the end of their life, rather than sort of going quiet as our own sun will do, these stars explode in a very huge explosion called a supernova. Following that, the material that's left over is too heavy to to support itself and collapses down upon itself. Um, If they're on the lighter end, you can hit this stable point where effectively it's one giant ball of atoms, one nucleus almost as big as uh, New York City, about 10 kilometers in diameter. This type of object is really interesting to explore because it can tell us uh, a lot of things about how matter behaves in one of the most um, extreme environments that it's possible to probe in the universe. If, if you put even more matter onto it, so for the even heavier stars, these objects can collapse even further. There's nothing that can support them under their own gravity, and they collapse down into an object called a black hole, which is so heavy that not even light can escape from it. So far, with gravitational wave observations and with traditional observations with telescopes, we have observed neutron stars orbiting around each other in our galaxy with with traditional telescopes and also in the distant universe with gravitational waves. In the last five years, we've also observed numerous instances of two black holes hitting each other with gravitational waves as well. But until now, we haven't observed any instances of a neutron star going around a black hole, or at least any instances where it's clear that that is the case. So with this observation, we can now confirm that neutron star black holes do exist in the universe and we can begin to understand how often these types of objects will merge together, which can allow us to understand 
the processes by which these objects form, what environments do, do they occur in, where in the universe do they happen. One of the main roles in the University of Portsmouth is to actually observe these compact binary mergers, so the mergers of neutron stars and black holes, as they happen. We maintain and run one of the main search algorithms that is used within the Gravitational Wave Consortia to actually observe these things. The neutron star black hole system that was observed on the 15th of January was identified with high confidence with the search algorithm that we developed here in Portsmouth. Wow, Ian, so that the, the, this latest finding is pretty mega then, isn't it? Yeah, it's always nice to, to see something like this pay off. I think the, the last five years in particular have been really amazing to watch for gravitational wave astronomy, to watch this go from a field where we hadn't seen anything to the first observation of gravitational waves. In the last few years, we made the first observation of a binary black hole merger. Then we saw the first binary neutron star merger. Really, the neutron star black hole observation was the big missing thing, the thing that we wanted to tick off, that we wanted to know they were out there and that we'd be able to observe them. Having made this observation now, we know that we will be seeing many tens of these mergers as if over the next three or four years, with which we can understand a lot more about how what these systems are and where they come from. And Ian, am I right in thinking that this is a huge global project? So I know the University of Portsmouth is involved in this research. And are you working with scientists across the world on this uh, on these findings? Yes, so the University of Portsmouth is a member of the LIGO Scientific Collaboration, which itself is one of three consortia now that together analyse the data taken through gravitational wave observatories. In total, more than 100 institutes around the world in, in over 50 or 60 countries now, I, I don't know the, the exact numbers, um, work on gravitational wave science collectively within these collaborations. So, Laura, I'm going to come back to you. I know Ian mentioned LIGO, and I know that LIGO stands for the Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory. This is obviously a facility that's detecting gravitational waves. Could you tell me, you know, what is it? Where is it? I'd love to know more. LIGO actually consists of two observatories. And if I say observatory, you're probably thinking something that looks like a traditional telescope in your mind. And that's actually not quite the case with the gravitational wave telescope. They're more massive microphones. And if you actually look them up on, say, Google Maps or something, they look like massive L shapes in the Earth. You see, our massive microphones are four kilometres in length. And they look, like I said, a massive L shape. And with this, they're looking for the stretching and squeezing that a gravitational wave will induce on the detector as they pass through the Earth. So our detectors, the LIGO detectors, are based in the United States, one in Hanford, Washington, and the other in Livingston, Louisiana. So they're separated by some 3,000 kilometres apart, and that's very much on purpose. You see, if we're trying to say that something is truly astrophysical, we want to know that we've seen it in multiple locations spread across the world. And so it makes sense to build them in opposite parts of the United States. So these are the two LIGO detectors, but also there was the Virgo detector that took part in this observation of these two neutron star black hole events. And the Virgo detector is a very similar design to the LIGO detectors, but instead their arms are three kilometres long. And the Virgo detector is located near Pisa in Italy. And as well, we have a great um, visitors program whereby we can send postdocs. So these are researchers or um, PhD students to the site for up to three months where they can get really involved with the hands on working of the detector and projects. 
Ian, I'm going to come back to you now. I wondered if you could tell me a bit more about what this actually means for the future of deep space research. Yeah, so there's a lot of implications now, now that we know that neutron star black holes are out there. Firstly, we know roughly how often a neutron star and a black hole will collide, which can allow us to predict that we will be seeing tens of these within the next five years. We really need tens of observations to be able to understand a lot more about the, the processes through which these objects actually form. And now we know that in the next three or four years, when we go through our fifth observing run in the middle of the 2020s, that we will have enough observations to do this. So there's a big question over how these objects form. So how do you get a neutron star and a black hole together close enough so that they're actually going to collide with each other? And there are a few theories for this, but the two main ones are, firstly, consider a case where you have two really heavy stars going around each other. We know from observing the, the stars around us that actually our own solar system is a little bit unusual in that most stars we see are actually binary. So if you look to see a star in the sky, you're normally looking at two stars that are so close together that your eye just can't tell them apart. So it's common to have two stars together. And if you have very heavy stars, we can definitely see that there is a good chance that you'll have two heavy stars going around each other. Um, at their end of their lives, these stars would go supernova and leave behind black holes or neutron stars. And we can predict possibly how often that will happen. There is a difficult phase, though, after one of the objects has gone supernova and left behind a black hole. The second object has to do it as well. But before it goes supernova, the star will expand out and form a massive supergiant um, we, our own sun, for example, will expand to be about as large as the radius of the Earth. So when the sun reaches this part in its life cycle, you could look out the window and the sun would just be there everywhere. Um, these huge stars will get even bigger and they, they'll get big enough that they'll actually swallow up the, 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 the first black hole. So you have a situation where you have this huge supergiant with a black hole going around inside it. And it's very hard for us to predict or understand how this will work because it's very difficult to model a, an object going round in, inside a star. It's a very challenging problem to solve. And one we, we don't really understand that well. If this problem can be understood and solved, then we could have a situation where you're left with, say, two, a neutron star and a black hole that are close enough that due to their emission of these gravitational waves, they'll eventually come closely together enough to collide. And... Perhaps that's my own preferred theory. That's, that's how I at least believe that these objects form. But another um, theory that's very popular is the idea that perhaps the two objects formed in different places. So they didn't form in the same solar system. They'd be very heavy stars, which would be separated when they form. But as things move about in, in, in a galaxy or a dense environment, they would eventually come together and form a, a, a system of the two objects going around each other. Now, this needs an, an area where stars are very densely packed, right? Our own location in, in the Milky Way galaxy, the nearest stars are too far away. There's not enough stars near us that this kind of thing could happen here. But we can observe dense regions of stars, these so-called so clusters or globular clusters of stars, where there's a lot of stars very close together, where if you did have neutron stars or black holes being formed, they could come together and they could eventually merge and form gravitational waves. Now, there are some telltale differences between these two things. If you have two stars going around each other in the same solar system, 
everything is spinning in the same direction. So the way the Earth spins is the same as the way Mercury spins, is the same as the way Venus spins. Everything in our solar system, with one exception, which is Uranus, which is weird, um, spins on, on, on the same orbit. And that, that's what we would expect with two heavy stars as well. But the two neutron star and black hole would both be spinning in the same direction. Whereas if they have formed separately and then come together, their rotation directions will be completely different. And if we can measure this, it will give us a telltale sign as to which of these two methods perhaps the, these, these systems form through. There's some hints with our observations that perhaps the rotation directions are not in the same direction for one of the neutron star black hole systems that we've observed, which is a tantalizing evidence that these were then formed through some sort of dynamic what we call dynamic capture, where the two objects have come together after they originally formed in different places. So it basically sounds like what you guys are doing is a very, very exciting way of studying the universe, and there's going to be a lot more discoveries to come. Absolutely. We're going to be swimming in so much data, we won't know what to do with it. And, and that's truly amazing for a field where five or six years ago, we genuinely didn't think we were going to be seeing anything at all. We, it's really amazing how much this has moved forward. In, in only a very short period of time. Well, it is really, really lovely to speak to you both. And thank you very much uh, for explaining to me the not only what gravitational waves are, but how they're detected, what this new research is about, and kind of, you know, what, what potentially is coming down the line in the future, because it is clearly a very fascinating, exciting area. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about studying at the University of Portsmouth, please visit our website, www.port.ac.uk.